on the viewpoint. 2119, unfortunately, it is not the hashtag health on Monday only because we absolutely could not secure both a health on Monday story, but more importantly, we had very limited time to secure the time of Miss Joanna LeBlanc, who's a friend of the station, specifically this show. You would recall late last year she engaged us on the midterm elections that were taking place in the United States. We now follow up following the results and the swearing in of members and what the political landscape now that things are settling down following that election and which is more how, if at all, this election that recently was held late last year will have any bearing on November 5, 2024, which, of course, the first Tuesday of a November after every four years a U.S. president is elected with limited questions and more an indulgence on to the status of play and the political environment at large that is now bequeathed following the election. Joanna, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Are you there? I think you're on mute, Miss LeBlanc. It appears as though my colleague and I cannot make contact with each other. Um, Shall we just do something in the production room so that we can try and get Miss Joanna LeBlanc? For those of you who are joining us, we've had one hour, 20 minutes of the show so far, the majority of Cannibalized, appropriately so might I add by Mr. Mkuleko, a public lecture on the work of Scopa, what the public must know. We've had some rigorous debates about, largely from the three calls that came through, people are not really taking to the work of Scopa. One could certainly understand if the outcomes taking place in the National Assembly and the general sentiment and mood of the work of our public representatives and whether or not they are fit for office and the conversation can certainly evolve from there or grow from there. People are less impressed by the work of Scopa. Whether that's a function of the political times or the work of Scopa itself, story for another day. Unfortunately, we didn't have the time to really tease out those issues and factors that were at play. But to his eternal credit, Tlengwa stayed on, answered the questions and even gave out his number for those who wish to take the conversation forward. I do understand now we can go back to the conversation on the U.S. midterm elections. A new U.S. Congress begins. Here are five things that can make it different. But even before we get into those things, let's hear from an account that's closest to Constitution Avenue. Thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Joanna LeBlanc. Hi, good afternoon, Songezo. Well, good evening, Songezo. How are you? I'm well, ma'am. It's clearly a good day in Washington. The pitch of your voice betrays your happy mood. Absolutely. It's always a great time in Washington. We're a small city with the world's problems on our shoulders. And they called on big men and women, strong men and women, among them you, to solve them. So what's happening in Congress in the United States? Well, as you know, um, on um, well Saturday morning, uh, we um, elected um, Kevin McCarthy, well, the Republican Party, rather, um, elected um, Kevin McCarthy as the, as the Speaker of the House um, in, in, a, in a very unprecedented process, which took roughly 15 rounds and uh, a number of days before the Republican Party could come to a decision as to who the leader um, of the House would be. Um, but me personally, I had no doubts that it was going to be McCarthy ultimately, um, because I think that within the Republican conference, um, he he is the person who could garner the most votes. 
um, and who could, uh, in essence, um, unite unite the unite the party to vote for him. Uh, but unfortunately, what we saw is that um, there was a lot of concessions made, and, and a lot of us in the policy space were asking ourselves whether or not Speaker McCarthy will be able to be an effective leader um, because he just gave up entirely too much to be in that seat. Uh, for example, uh, one of the things that he gave up is um, the ability to be removed um, by simply one member of, of, of the conference, uh, which is um, it, it went from five to just one member. Um, so that that is that is um, alarming. And there's also um, request to um, cut the, the budget, the federal spending, uh, when it comes to the the, the um, defense, um, by by roughly seventy five billion dollars. Um, so that's that's significant as well, um, and and a host of other uh, other compromises that he had to agree to in order to win the speakership. Let's talk about the character of Kevin McCarthy. He's, of course, a Republican who was quite in the heydays of Donald Trump, a staunch supporter thereof. Does he carry with him the necessary appeal across the party lines, or is he just a Republican candidate sponsored by his party who doesn't quite enjoy, say, the appeal that Boehner perhaps might have before him, or even Nancy Pelosi, despite whatever Trump might have tried to do, because Boehner himself, a staunch Republican, has on previous occasions lauded the work of Nancy Pelosi as the speaker, but especially a speaker from the Democrats, this coming from a Republican. Well, the reality is that I, I, Kevin McCarthy would not have even been considered as um, a viable candidate for Speaker of the House without a consensus from the Republican conference in Congress. That's just the reality. Now, where there's some um, challenges to actually um, garner the votes um, to ultimately make it happen, yes, definitely. But I don't think that we should um, fool ourselves to think that he did not have the support, because if he did not, his name would not have been on the ballot for consideration. There are a number of other Republicans that could have been considered. But the fact that he was the one considered um, means something. Um, so, but what I can tell you is that one of the uh, one of the compromises he made was to create a task, a committee in Congress, um, to investigate some of the actions of the federal government as it relates to um, citizens, in particular, looking into um, the, the 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 FBI's role in um, in um, in going into Mar-a-Lago and accessing some of the documents from from Trump's residence. Um, so, so he's made it. So, I, I think that committee uh, is quite interesting. I think um, it, it tells us that um, he will be doing some of um, Trump's bidding um, in an attempt to um, try to ensure that um, Trump could could become um, president again in, in 2024, which is what Trump has announced recently. But what I can tell you also is that everything that will happen from now up until the presidential election would be to secure the White House ultimately and, and, and also to secure the Senate as well. So from just that last point, what you're saying, it's advantage Republicans given the fact that now they have a Republican speaker and I understand that they do control the lower house, which the House of Representatives is as a composite of 
Congress, it's the lower house, the House of Representatives, and Senate, the upper house, together Congress. Right now, the representatives led by the Republican Party are in a better position, say, than the Democrats to ensure the return of a candidate favored by that or sponsored by that party being the GOP, the grand old party. Yes, no? Absolutely, absolutely. But but I think that um, the Republican Party needs to be united. Um, and even even under the leadership of, of Speaker Pelosi, when the Democrats um, had control of the House, um, it was by, it was by a very small margin. But but what we saw is that um, to a certain extent, the, the Democrats fell in line. There was some party. There was party unity. Obviously, when you look at um, the progressives, um, had some concerns with some of the policies. Um, from the Democrat, from the Democrats, um, but absent of that, I think the the party ultimately there was there was a united front. So if the Republican Party is to be effective and to um, really um, secure and really um, put put forth a good faith effort to secure the White House, um, there will need to be a lot of unification. There will need to be a united front. And what we saw um, during um, the, um, the, the, the during the election of the speakership. I don't think it should continue. I think that um, there, there needs to be a much, a much um, transparent and much easier process to get some of the legislation across across to the finish line. Um, but ultimately, again, um, the, the, the American people are watching, um, and um, and there will be a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, um, a lot of um, um, Biden bashing, um, a lot of um, a, a lot of attack on some of um, Biden's policies around immigration, inflation, and, and you name it, again, just to, to secure the White House in 2024. You've mentioned Biden, and perhaps this was always going to lead to my next question. Before I go there, let me just confirm the CEO of Jay LeBlanc Global Consulting is with us. She's in the United States, specifically Washington District of Columbia. Her name is Joanna LeBlanc. She's a national security and foreign policy expert. She's a friend of the show, and we are now talking about all things to do with the parliament, not of South Africa, as Shengwa was a representative of, but that of the United States following the midterm elections late last year and how the newly constituted Congress, specifically the lower house, House of Representatives now sits and has a way of influencing at a minimum how the work on the ground campaigning towards 2024. Joanna, let's have a conversation about Joe Biden. Donald Trump has not minced at any stage his thoughts about Joe Biden. The Republican Party has probably caught on to that and somewhat feel disenfranchised with this president. One gets the sense that in the Obama years, certainly there was respect, although they respected the office, the individual certainly carried himself well. Of course, politically, there was never going to be any love lost. It doesn't appear as though Joe Biden has the kind of respect even his office would otherwise demand of him. What can you make as comment on that statement? Could you please repeat that song, Gaze? Unfortunately, the call dropped. I beg your pardon. I anticipated that that was the case. But specifically speaking about how McCarthy, the Republican Party, is in pole position to at least advance their interests towards 2024. Joe Biden, the bashing of Joe Biden, is it merited? What is the view of Joe Biden's presidency now that he's halfway through his term? I'm comparing this perhaps to the times of Barack Obama, where his office and his character certainly demanded the kind of respect that was across party lines. I think it would appear from now 
that in the Biden administration, some of that respect, even for the office and the individual, has somewhat waned. How much of that is true? And to the extent that it is, why is it so? Uh, the question of whether or not um, the bashing of um, of President Biden is warranted, I, I, I think that we need to be mindful and we need to truly understand that this is politics, right? Uh, politics is about, um, unfortunately, in many cases, undermining your your opponent, right? And, and attacking your opponent and raising um, concerns about some of your opponent's policies. And here, I think the Repo- Republican Party um, have some genuine concerns about um, inflation. And it's not just the Republican Party. I think the American people in general have have concerns about, you know, the, the, the idea that you go to um, a local grocery store, it's the cost of a gallon of milk. Uh, I mean, it has increased. Um, the cost of food has increased. And that could that and that is obviously attributed to the war between uh, Ukraine and, and Russia. Uh, but nonetheless, um, w- when that happens, it falls on the back of the presidency. Um, and there are there are dire consequences. It, it is not the fault of the president entirely. There is a war between Ukraine um, and Russia, which has led to the increase of, of goods and, and supplies and, and services here in America. But it is what it is, and somebody has to be held accountable. And the Re- Republican Party will use that um, as, as a way to um, to um, to uh, uh, to achieve their, their, their own agenda. Um, and also, when it comes to immigration, we see immigration here, um, you know, the, the, the border, um, it's... It, there are concerns there by the by the Republican Party. Um, you know, even though we have Title 42, which essentially says because there's a global health pandemic, um, the border is restricted. Um, folks, if you if you come to the border um, to seek asylum, you will be re- repatriated, right? Uh, but and, but there are concerns there too. And and recently, the Biden administration announced um, there's a new process in place to allow um, immigrants to enter into the country lawfully. And the, and, the, and the Republican Party has also been um, been, been bashing um, that, that policy approach. Um, and there are, again, a, a host of other issues around, you know, climate change, even the COVID-19 pandemic, the effects of it, right, the economy. Um, so, so, so I think that um, there are concerns, genuine concerns uh, by the Republican Party, also by the American people. And, and the role of, 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 a lot of times the role of members of Congress is to really heighten um, heighten concerns and bring to the attention of the American people. Final question to you, because it is always relevant to ask this question. Now that your research and your many degrees at JD and master's level have made you come to the continent on a multitude of occasions and you continue to engage the African interest with the CBC and other multilateral organizations based in the U.S., is there any impact all of this will have on the African continent and especially the positive sides of it all? If any, what are they? Well, the, the negative side is that we know the Repo- Republican Party is the party of fiscal conservative, right? Um, meaning that um, the Republican Party is is more hesitant when it comes to spending um, spending, spending, right? Um, so, so we have to keep that in mind. And we saw during the U.S. Le- um, leadership leaders, uh, U.S. Africa Leaders Summit, um, President Biden made a number of, of um, he made a, 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 a number of promises to the African continent, um, and and those promises will require um, funding from from Congress, uh, which is now 
the House representative is controlled by, by the Republican Party. So the question is, will Biden be able to actually a- achieve his objectives um, and his financial commitments to the African continent through this Congress? Because uh, there will be there will be questions um, that they're not just going to um, allocate funding for the Appropriations Committee um, to promote um, bilateral um, and, and trade inv- and, and trade um, relations on the African continent. However, comma, I think if African governments are, are strategic, um, this is also an opportunity to work in partnership with the Republican Party to get what they need ultimately. Um, but, but it has to be done in a very strategic manner. Um, we always said th- this in Washington, um, it doesn't matter who's, who's in power ultimately, if you have a good team working for you, you have a good firm working on your behalf, um, and someone who really understands the inner workings of, 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 of these various institutions, you can actually be successful, but it has to be done very strategically. Fantastic. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for your time, Ms. LeBlanc. You have a long day still ahead of you. We are about to shut our eyes whilst it's anything but for you in that part of the world. Thank you so much for your time and all of the very best. I'm hoping one day, hopefully one day soon, I will one day have a conversation with you as one of the representatives in the upper or lower house, but you certainly do belong in U.S. Congress. So kind of you, Songezo. Thank you so much for your, for your, for um, for speaking with me. I appreciate it, and I wish you and your team a prosperous new year. Thank you so much, Joanna. Very kind of you. Twenty-one thirty-six. Let's get the show rolling, folks. Let's get going. We've got another twenty-four minutes to go. It's twenty-one thirty-six. After the break, one more conversation. It's all to do with energy. If you think you cannot afford a lawyer, think again.